this is going to be a fun one. I'm going to talk to you about what dating and managing a team have in common. Well, I hope you're curious, so stay tuned. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Okay, welcome dear listener of the Manager Track Podcast. I usually dive right into my topics and that's kind of the way I roll. But this week, I'm gonna do the same, but I'm gonna start talking about dating because there is something that dating and managing a team have in common. And that is about figuring out another person's preferences and communicating your own. Yeah, if you're listening and you're in the dating world, then you very much know what I'm talking about. If you've been in a really serious relationship or out of the dating world for a while, just go down memory lane with me for a moment and try to remember what it was like to meet someone for the first time. Usually when we try to get to know someone, you have this deep desire and interest to get to know another person and to maybe even have a relationship with this person. We're keenly interested in getting to know them. It's different than just the friendship, right? When we are dating, we are heavily invested usually in getting to know the other person. There's so many interesting questions and nuances to this because there are small things such as does the other person prefer to talk over the phone or do they prefer to FaceTime or have the video on? Does the other person text back right away and that's what they expect of me too? Or do they text back, you know, hours later and it has nothing to do with you as a person, but that's just how they roll. They don't think that a text message needs to be answered right away. You might feel very differently about it. And if someone doesn't text back within a few hours, you may take that personally or you feel like they don't care about you or don't value you. Same action, very different interpretation, right? And we have to figure this out as we get to know another person. Like very small and superficial things, but I hope they're relatable. They keep adding up too. The small thing such as not texting back or texting back really quickly can create such big meanings and even misunderstandings in a relationship that it can either lead to more connection or actually a disconnection. And there are hundreds of these little things. Another one would be, are you allowed to look at someone else's phone or see who's calling? Or is that an intrusion in someone's privacy and perceived as really disrespectful? Can you show up at their door unannounced and say, surprise, and they'd be thrilled to see you? Or would they feel that that was completely inappropriate because they weren't able to clean up the house and shower or God knows what, right? So these are all the little things that we have to figure out as we get to know another person. And oftentimes if we step into the landmines and it blows up and it creates a conflict or a misunderstanding or we send a message that we did not intend to send at all. Now this matters and I'm talking about this because the same is true in an employee manager relationship. 
as an employee, you want to, most of us want to please our manager. We want them to think we're doing a good job. We want to develop trust in the relationship. We want to get along with them. We want to be liked and respected. And as a manager, we want our employees to do things ideally in a way that works best for us, right? And we want to do things in a way that works for them. If I know that they like chit-chatting before we dive into the business topic in a one-on-one conversation, probably we want to chit-chat. But if you realize they hate chit-chat, we may not want to do the chit-chat, right? We want to figure these things out and be able to adapt to the person that we're speaking with. If someone hates if I sent them a text message because as an employee, I feel the manager just overstepped the boundary, that's important for the manager to know. The employee may also say, no, that actually helps me because then I don't have to feel like I need to check my emails all the time or Slack. And when I'm off at night, I know that unless you text me, nothing urgent is happening. And that actually makes me feel good because I'll be, you know, paying attention to text messages from friends and so forth. So I'd actually prefer that. Small example, but those little things and the bigger things will add up over time. Now, naturally, this is all part of getting to know each other, especially when you grow your team or you hire new team members. They have to learn how to work best with you. You have to learn how to work best with them. It is the way relationships work. As a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career, and lead a high-performing, engaged team. And in order to do that, as a leader, you need to lead with a system not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first learn what should go into a leadership system and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at ramonashaw.com slash one one. That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to ramonashaw.com slash one one to get started right now. There is an easier way to this. We don't have to take the slow train. We could actually step on the high speed train and get there faster with less interruptions, less miscommunication along the way. And that is through the help of a number of tools. One of them is taking assessments like personality assessments. Companies use DISC or Myers-Briggs or even the Enneagram. Some people use predictive index. There are a lot of different assessments that you could use to get to know another person. The area in which assessments fall short, however, is that oftentimes, on one hand, they don't get revisited. So we may do them once. We have a great conversation about it, but then they don't flow back into ongoing conversations. And two, they don't actually translate into the tactical behaviors in the day-to-day in how we engage in this relationship. 
And so the answer to this is the user guide. A user guide is also known as a readme. It's a document that you create for yourself and you would ask people that you work with, direct reports, for example, to create as well. A readme or a user guide is about how you prefer to do work, what you value, what pet peeves you have, the expectations you have on yourself and on others. Sort of the little things that people would find out or will find out by working with you over time and through ongoing interactions. Instead of them all having to learn it through the natural process of these ongoing interactions, you could share this information by developing this self-awareness, capturing it and then communicating it and say like, this is about me, read me is what they're famously called or user guides, read this thing about me and it will help you work better with me. Now, it doesn't end there. It has to be a two-way dialogue, right? I can't just expect everyone else to adapt to me. I also have to inquire and ask about them. For some people, like the people on my team, I could say, here's my example. And I would love if you could create your own and share that with me by the end of the month. If I work with peers, I might not have the authority to ask them to do the same, although they might find it great and volunteer. And you could say, awesome, will you send it to me as well? Because I'd be really curious to read it. But you could also simply ask them the questions and say, hey, this is mine and I'd love to chat with you about your preferences. They may not create the document, but you could ask them and say, you know, I personally like to work this way or here's how I respond to Slack messages or to emails. What is your pattern? How do you like working? And how do you like to go about projects, for example? Or how do you want me to communicate with you in urgent matters? Or when we have to make a decision? Do you like to talk it out? Or do you like to read information ahead of the meeting? What works best for you? These are all amazing questions to address ahead of time that will then set up that relationship with a higher chance of success and effectiveness because you already know how to best work with them without having to figure it out through a trial and error process. Creating a user guide or a readme document is one part of the leadership system that I introduce my clients to. It's one that I want to share with you here. It's easy to create and it's a very effective tool. So I hope that you feel inspired by hearing about this um, to at least give this a shot. If you're still on the fence, check out the links in the show notes that will show you a range of different readmes from successful leaders who have created readme so you can find inspiration and create a user guide that works best for you. If you realize now like, oh, wow, this is one of those missing pieces, one piece of the leadership system that I don't have figured out yet, then you might want to consider checking out the Leadership Accelerator, the comprehensive program that will provide you with a specific template for yourself and those that you lead. Then check out the Leadership Accelerator, the program that gives you the entire leadership system. The user guide is one small part of that. So again, I hope inspired you to take action and create your own user guide or read me and then share it with your team members. You'll quickly see how valuable and insightful the conversations will be that you'll have about this user guide. And of course, I hope it also signals the importance of having a comprehensive leadership system because the user guide is only one piece of that. But in order for everything to come together and for you to lead effectively, you need a range of tools and frameworks, such as the user guide, that then you can put in place and repetitively and reliably and consistently apply, implement and execute with your team.
I hope you feel my enthusiasm and excitement for this particular tool. And with that, stop listening, grab a pen and paper or open your laptop and start writing your own user guide right now. That's what we got. I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.